Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a director with Cherry Beckert's Government Contract Services Group. And with me today is Brendan Holleran, a senior manager on the same team. And today we'll be continuing our podcast series on contractor business systems, and we'll be focusing in on the estimating system. And Brendan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, Eric, uh, great to be here. Thanks for uh, for having me. So, you know, this is a topic that keeps coming up um, with, I feel like, with solicitations coming out right now and what a lot of our clients and companies that work with federal in the federal space, um, this estimating system requirement is something that we keep getting pinged on and asking, like, when is it required? Why is it required? Um, you know, what does my estimating system actually, what does that actually mean? What is, what do we need to document? What do we need to do? Um, and this is all being part of the, one of the identified contractor business systems that the government has published, um, you know, to, to start us off and kick us off on talking about the estimating system, you know, do you just want to kind of talk through, you know, why are we even discussing the estimating system? when is it a requirement and like so what is this what is the trigger for it yeah definitely so you know most of the you know business systems really um, refer back to the dfars business system criteria at least for the you know level of detail in terms of what the requirements are and so in terms of estimating you know i think a lot of folks think about it in terms of that you know that threshold of you know 50 million dollars in uh, in government business you know that requires certified costs and pricing data you know which is a you know fairly significant um level so in you know in the past i think it was typically larger or major contractors that were really on the radar screen for review um and for application of the requirements but as you you know kind of indicated eric more often we're seeing things in terms of solicitations where um there's actually um not necessarily you know um go or no go requirements in terms of an estimating system but they may actually um, award points if you do have you know an established and approved estimating system sometimes that's by the government or um, in some cases you know a third party review so we are seeing that um, kind of requirement or at least focus on estimating system being driven further down to even some of the you know smaller contractors so um, that's where we've seen a lot of um, activity around it over the past you know a couple of years in particular where folks you know hadn't really been thinking about having a formal estimating system and thinking about it in terms of all of the requirements you know really needing to look at it and see what they're doing um and as well as you know what they what they should be or need to be doing so you know in, you know in addition to you know kind of you know folks who hit that that threshold where there would be you know a, a defined requirement you know we are seeing that um you know elsewhere you know in, in kind of the smaller uh, contractor market as well um so you know again we mentioned you know just the kind of overall um kind of dollar um threshold for it but you know there's certainly um you know a real need depending on the magnitude you know of a proposal the type you know whether it's a significant you know fixed price award um where there's a little bit more cost risk for the government those are instances where you know a government you know procurement activity 
may reach out for you know pricing or audit assistance you know for a contractor that didn't you know previously have you know that requirement for you know a formal or established mm-hmm. estimating system so those are just a couple of you know kind of ways that we've been seeing you know folks who haven't really um, been thinking about it um really you know determining that they need to um, understand the requirement and and start to work towards you know a more formal system uh, and, and you mentioned there the government using it as scoring criteria for some of these solicitations and we're seeing it with a lot of um, a lot of these large idiqs and um, a lot of companies asking you know what this is a small business award or it would be potentially a small business IDIQ um, and this is used as scoring, you know, what does it mean? And, you know, from the government's perspective, it really is following you know, DCA, they're working to meet the business system audit objectives. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, first comes the accounting system and getting that approved. And um, and then this, then it, the focus turns towards purchasing and estimating typically. And, with the estimating system, the government is typically looking at, you know, training across the different functions that involved estimating, having documented base of estimates, consistency, you know, government's looking at how do you, what rate analysis do you do, and do you have forecast, do you have any types of forward pricing, um, <clears throat> and it can really, you know, questions on consistency with estimating versus accounting, um, you know, are you, uh, are your proposals uh, put together in a consistent manner to how you are accumulating your cost. Um, and then it does touch the purchasing system some too on making sure any proposed subcontractors or, you know, ODCs and others such are fair and reasonable and what type of cost or price analysis are you doing there? So from the government's perspective, it, you know, this, this estimating system kind of, you know, if you think of a three circle Venn diagram, um, it, it touches accounting and purchasing. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, you know, um, I think where some folks who get into, you know, whether it's, you know, an audit, you know, of the system or, you know, get questions about how they're, you know, building um, their proposals and, and bids from the government, you know, it does, you know, really reach out to those other other systems. So it's not just, you know, purely, you know, what is your, you know, proposal team doing or your pricing team and, and technical and, and really developing those volumes. It's, you know, where, you know, where is the source of, of some of that other data, whether it be from, you know, from supply chain and purchasing group, you know, how are some of the estimates for rates, you know, coming from accounting mm-hmm. and what's the level of engagement there? So, yeah, it really does, you know, touch on, you know, other other areas of the organization that, you know, um, folks definitely want to be prepared for that that level of 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 questioning. Um, and, and not to forget about the cost accounting standards, too. And if, you know, you said 50 million um, of certified cost and pricing, you know, if if you have that, then you're probably cast covered. So, um, you know, there, of course, there are exceptions and such, but uh, it, it does also impact your disclosure statement of how you disclose your accounting practices. Um, you know, I feel like from a basic requirement standpoint, um, the the biggest thing that we we see that is a requirement of the DFARS criteria is first disclosing your estimating practices and having that in a written manual form. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's 
really no way around, you know, starting to really memorialize what you're doing, you know, in terms of <clears throat> a manual and, you know, policy and procedures. Um, there's certainly are ways that you can, you know, kind of compile, you know, different components of it. You know, how are you getting things from purchasing? How are you developing, you know, rates and, and costs from accounting? But, you know, that gets very cumbersome, you know, if you're trying to prove out how you meet requirements without having something that really brings it all together. And, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, you know, some folks can come up with, you know, fairly, you know, concise estimating manual, but there's just a lot of um, steps to it. So, you know, the the documentation um, really laying out how your um, how your processes work is key. It's and, and, and trying. I feel like a little, a lot of times the issue is trying to have that practical, a practical manual that doesn't make it, you know, doesn't that isn't 500 pages long um, that you can have a a simple estimating solution for all the different types of pricing actions that outlines that hits those basic criteria. You know, it's written one because that's part of the criteria outlines your base of estimate for each cost element defines, you know, when you're performing cost and price analysis, the reviews, the the, the reviews and approvals of the, any cost estimates and, you know, saying who has the appropriate training, having training. And then lastly, mm -hmm. it hits that, you know, internal management review or internal audit piece of the business system criteria. Um, and that all would be outlined in that manual and any templates or checklists that you would use as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and having those, you know, having things to rely on, you know, I think as we always say and work with clients is that checklists go a long way, yep. um, you know, and, and there's ways to to get around that. But, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, really, you know, kind of formulating everything that you need to check off or what's applicable or not to, you know, to the particular action you're working, defining those, you know, internal thresholds for, you know, review or approval. Um, those are all really critical pieces of, you know, what what you're doing. And and I think the um, talking with a lot of clients who, you know, haven't, you know, previously had a formal, you know, estimating manual, um, let's say, as you walk through what they're doing, you know, you find that that many are really doing a very good job of meeting, you know, the requirements. Um, and it may be a little bit fragmented in terms of different teams, you know, doing, you know, um, you know, particular, you know, responsibilities. But as you start to ask questions about how, you know, how this, you know, goes from identifying as an opportunity to pursue straight through, um, you know, approval um, and submission to the government, you know, there really um, are many cases where as folks kind of look you know, look a little bit more closely at it. They really have those processes, and it's just a matter of bringing it together and and formalizing and and um, you know just making sure that the adequate level of details there. Inconsistent. I feel like that's probably one of our biggest pitfalls too. Yeah. Is you know probably the biggest pitfall is that process that is awesome is not documented, and then the second pitfall is probably lack of approval and also consistency um of that estimating practice you know if, mm -hmm. if it's a change order versus a task order proposal versus a you know a, whatever it's just consistently applying that practice for estimating direct labor or materials or hours or whatever 
Yeah. Yeah, no, and and that definitely, you know, I think we use, you know, consistency, you know, throughout all the the systems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it comes up a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, critical. Um, and in terms of, you know, common, you know, pitfalls, you know, I think we've kind of looked at the, you know, you know, the the reverse side of it. But, you know, again, you know, just, you know, having processes, but not really having any, you know, written procedures to go along with it. Or you may be utilizing, you know, historical or particular analytical, you know, procedures to um, develop an estimate. But if you don't really have any, you know, documentation or something tying to how you, you know, did utilize that data um, or history, you know, that gets gets a lot of contractors into, you know, into question and, and trouble as well. You know, whereas, you know, they are, you know, doing, you know, good estimating or bidding practices, but, you know, they they just don't have anything to really, you know, show or substantiate that they, they in fact did it. So, um, yeah, that's it's kind a of, um, sorry, to cut, sorry to cut you off there, but like, I, 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 a lot of times we'll hear people say, well, based off of my professional experience of 20 years of doing this, I know it takes three FTEs to perform this task. And, you know, we, a lot of times they're correct. It does take three FTEs to do it, but it's kind of, if you do did the work and you know what it, it takes three, just document that three and the rationale behind it based off of, you know, this being a recompete or being similar type work for similar type tasks, it is three. And these are the individuals, these labor categories at these salaries based off this set, but just document all those things. Kind of like you did all the work, write it up and show it. Yeah, no, and that, that's a great point because, you know, usually when you are looking, you know, using kind of the technical, you know, as the example of, you know, they do have the experience and the history to, to provide, um, you know, good input as to what that estimate should be and, and really establish what the BOE is. And so the work frequently is being done. And, and as you said, the documentation, and it, it doesn't in all cases have to be, um, you know, that, you know, that long or, or a huge narrative on, you know, how they developed it. it can be, you know, here's the historical data we used, you know, and here's the factor that we believe makes it, you know, more complex. And so may require, you know, um, slightly higher, um, ex, you know, higher level of experience in, in the labor category or more hours, um, or it's similar to something else we did. And that was a good, a good basis, you know, based on direct mm -hmm. experience. So it can be a simple, you know, statement that just, you know, shows that that was done and, and how it was applied. <clears throat> and consideration given, um, for example, when you were using salary survey versus historical versus any statistical analysis, you know, when do you use it? When do you document it um, and using that consistently? I feel like one that's that all that everyone does, but you, usually it's hard to track down is that evidence of review. Everyone always states, well, we, you know, we send the proposal over and the pricing template in Excel and we get an approval via email. Well, did you save that email? Did you document that email? And that 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 comes back to that checklist that you're talking about. Um, and in showing that, and I feel like the last piece that we see a lot of is just making sure on a, you know, X period of time basis, you know, best practice being annually that you kind of kick the tires on those policies in that manual or those, those MOAs and state like this is still accurate. This is still the best um, you know, and show that, it, you know, this isn't just a policy that you created and put into a drawer 
10 years ago um, type situation. So, you know, a lot of different ways um, to to try to address those criteria that we typically see pitfalls with. So, you know, if you um, if a company came to you, Brendan, and said, hey, we need to get ready to have an we have an audit coming or we know that this requirement is happening. We're going to trigger this requirement soon. Um, how should I prepare for uh, to get an approved estimating system? You know, what would you tell them? Yeah, no, and I think we covered a lot of the a lot of the items that go into that in terms of you know really developing consistent um, practices and procedures, documenting that, you know, ensuring that um, that you can point to all of the criteria um, and requirements of the system. So, you know, that can be done pretty simply in terms of, you know, even a matrix of, you know, here's the, you know, um, the clause um, requirement or criteria, and here's, you know, how we, you know, how we meet that, whether it's in terms of internal review, management approvals, um, how we develop and, um, you know, formulate our BOEs. So, you know, really thinking it through in very simple terms of, you know, um, you know, here's here's a requirement and what are we doing? So you make sure that you certainly fill in all the blanks there and can uh, directly point to that, not only to speak to it, but actually show some documentation um, of what you have been doing and, and how you apply it. And then, you know, once that once you feel comfortable with that being in place and, you know, can provide some samples that demonstrate, you know, actual practice of it, you know, if you are going to have, you know, a formal review or audit, you know, is really taking the time to walk through, you know, and prepare, you know, if you were to sit down and take, you know, a team through, you know, how does our, you know, how does our estimating system work from, you know, beginning to end? the time of you know really preparing you know that whether it be in you know presentation format or you know kind of pulling up samples and and walking through um kind of element by element is really important because one it will help you identify if you think you've got some gaps or some you know weak areas that you know you may need to reinforce or um, look for some additional information to you know kind of support um but it also helps to you know to keep the reviewer audit within you know within guardrails and within the scope of you mm -hmm. know, what that program is which you know that's where um and, and this applies to any system is you know you really want to be very focused on you know here's what we're providing as a sample <clears throat> um here's what went into developing you know this estimate you know here's the documentation to support it versus you know opening up the entire you know folder um for someone to randomly select or ask questions about ones that you know you really want to guide you know that process and that discussion as much as you can um, so the preparation aspect of that is you know certainly a little bit um, of an effort but you know i think well worth it to keep you know keep it focused on things that you feel um, are strong um you know demonstrations of how you meet the criteria and avoid getting into areas that you know might um you know might be troublesome well, that's a good, great point. You know, you demonstrate how you believe your practices meet the criteria from how you interpret that criteria. So, um, and even if the government might disagree with you, you at least have the basis and knowledge then to state, well, this is why, and because of X, Y, Z. So, that's a good point. Doing that mapping exercise and preparing through the walkthrough. So, you know, if if who should really be concerned about the um, uh, the estimating system requirements. You know, we mentioned already the 50 million um, and certified cost and pricing. So, of course, there, 
Um, and if you're doing a lot of FAR Part 15 work um, and a lot of awards that are awarded under FAR Part 15 and sending in the 15-2 tables, um, of course, this would be part of it. But any thoughts on, you know, which companies should have this on the radar, this, these requirements on their radar? Yeah, so a um, couple of areas. One, you know, folks that already, you know, are, you know, have the requirement for, you know, an estimating system. So, you know, larger or, you know, major uh, contractors um, with that level of, of government activity. You know, in the past, you know, and we we still are, you know, kind of talking about this is that in the past, there's many years where, you know, for instance, DCA was not focused on business systems. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of folks got a breather from, you know, from having that that audit level of review. And so those are, you know, certainly ongoing. Um, it's pretty active. So if, you know, if you're many years out of cycle for, you know, an estimating system audit, um, it would certainly be good to, you know, freshen up and, and be prepared because, you know, that could easily be on the horizon if not already. And then for, you know, for smaller, um, you know, firms or companies, you know, we talked about earlier, Eric, you know, in terms of, you know, there's some new requirements, there's opportunities to get points, um, you know, from some of these um, solicitation evaluations. So certainly, you know, that's um, you know kind of drives that requirement to uh, smaller contractors who don't really meet the you know the actual requirement, um, but to start thinking about that. Um, and then also you know I think another um, group that you know would be worth kind of highlighting is that you know if you are you know kind of below a requirement for um, you know for an estimating system, but you might be um, you know um, in, in the near future bidding on an opportunity that would, mm -hmm. you know, one is either, you know, you know, potentially, you know, high dollar magnitude, um, you know, fixed price, you know, with certified costs and pricing data, um, something that, you know, maybe has been problematic, you know, a program in the past that has run into, you know, cost um, overruns or, or any kind of issue there. Those are, are um, times when, you know, the government buying activity may you know start to look more closely and ask for you know um, estimating system review um, or you know a, an in-depth proposal audit and actually get it so um so that those are instances where you know if you're looking for you know a, you know that big contract win you know these are are things that you would you know have to start thinking about sooner than later very good point and the just re remember that this could impact cost accounting standards to consider those um, applicable standards and it also touches accounting and purchasing system criteria so you know i think that is from a high level we've hit on a lot um, on the estimating system today and i know we could go into you know have a whole another series on podcast or a whole another podcast series on you know just estimating practices in general and you know what's the difference between a serve versus a you know a base of estimate versus you know whatever and get into different cost elements and such but i think that's good for today brendan um thank you for joining me today talking through these criteria and everyone thank you for tuning in and listening and joining us today on this um govcon podcast if you have any questions please feel free to email brendan or myself at epoppy at cbh.com or bhollerin at cbh.com and join us please um, on our next podcast thank you Thanks.